You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I invite you to open your Bibles, first of all, to Proverbs chapter 30. I'll read a number of verses from Proverbs chapter 30, which relate to the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, which will have our attention this afternoon the petition in which we ask God to give us our daily bread. So Proverbs 30, we'll read the verses 7 through 9. This is under the section in the book of Proverbs, the sayings of Agur, son of Jacob, an oracle. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. We'll now turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we'll read there the verses 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. This way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. We turn now to our text, to the Heidelberg Catechism and the Word of God as it's summarized and confessed by the church there, Lord's Day 50. What is the fourth petition? Give us today our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as the Heidelberg Catechism lays out for us the explanation of the fourth petition, it gets the focus right. It spends most of its time speaking about the worship that this petition leads us to. And that's where we're going to begin this afternoon. Though we're going to come back to it at the end, I'd actually like to begin with the end. I'm going to go to the very end of the sermon and tell you what I have there. And then we'll go back to the beginning. And try to understand how did we get there. In the fourth petition, we pray for our bodily needs as worship to God. We pray for our bodily needs in the fourth petition as worship to God. In this petition, the Lord Jesus teaches us to turn our attention to God, to the one true God. And every day, day by day to acknowledge in all things in life, and especially in the mundane, the regular things, that He is God, 
That is worship. To acknowledge every day that He is God. You, O Lord, are the provider. And you will most certainly grant me, your child, for the sake of Jesus Christ, what I need today. You, Most High, are the blesser, the one who blesses, who, because of Jesus Christ, will certainly bless what you give me and not curse it. Thank you, gracious provider, for all that you give for our bodily needs. And as you give for our bodily needs, give your grace and Holy Spirit to guide our hearts in receiving, in using, and in thanking you for it all. In this petition, our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us that our bodily needs matter to God They most of all matter to God because by them we are to worship God. So let's first consider the request. What are we asking when we ask God to give us today our daily bread? And we need to begin there and it needs to be very clear because there's been a lot of confusion throughout church history about this petition. The confusion probably starts with one of the words in the petition, as we have it in the original language, give us this day our daily. It's the word that's translated daily in the NIV and in most modern English translations. In the original language, that you, that word is not found anywhere else in the New Testament or the Old Testament for that matter. In fact, it's, it's hardly found anywhere else in Greek literature. And when you don't have context for a word, it's very hard to figure out what exactly that word means. And it was that lack of context that caused one of the most brilliant translators in the early church, Jerome, to translate the word that we now have as daily, he translated into the Latin version of the Bible, supernatural. So for us, it means daily, And for the church, for hundreds of years, the word meant supernatural. It's a big difference between those two words. And that has led to all sorts of misunderstandings about the fourth petition. Probably the most common misunderstanding about the fourth petition, and you can you can understand how this would develop in the Roman Catholic doctrine, in in the Roman Catholic mind, when you're praying for this supernatural bread that you receive every day, it was pretty easy to connect that to the Mass. To the bread that they said had been changed from normal bread into supernatural bread. And the bread that for other reasons they said had to be distributed every single day. The bread that they claim is is transubstantiated, is, is changed from bread into the real body of Jesus Christ. And so the Roman Catholic Church taught that the fourth petition is praying for the bread of the Mass. Another interpretation has been that the Lord Jesus is is not telling us to ask for bread that's too mundane, that's too normal. 
No, rather, he's asking, he's telling us to pray for his spiritual bread. Well, what's spiritual bread? What nourishes our spiritual life? Well, it's the word of God. And so we're praying for our daily bread. Perhaps you've seen the little devotional. Our daily bread. Well, there's no food in there. There's no bread. They're talking about the word of God, which sustains our lives. Of course, it's good to ask for God to sustain our life through his word, but that's not what the Lord Jesus is teaching in this fourth petition. And one other connection that's been made, uh, again, understandable, the Lord Jesus says in the book of John, I am the bread of life. And so give us this day our daily bread. So we're asking that God would give us the Lord Jesus Christ every day as our guide, as our teacher, as our savior. Again, a good thing to ask for, but not what the Lord Jesus was teaching in the fourth petition. Now, the catechism's answer is is very short in terms of explaining what this petition means, and it's it's supported by the vast majority of scholars today. The catechism got this one right. Vast majority of scholars who have looked at that tricky word daily have concluded that it has to do with our bodily needs. They've concluded that Jesus is saying, provide us with our bodily needs, which is what the catechism teaches. The best evidence leads us to believe that Jesus isn't speaking about spiritual things here. Of course, spiritual things are important, but that's not what he's teaching about here. But rather that he's talking about physical things. And he's not talking merely just about bread either, or even just about food, but he's speaking about that which we need for existence. What we need for life, the physical things, the things of this world that we need as as creatures to live, to sustain our life for daily existence. So this petition, it covers a lot. It covers a lot of ground. We're talking about the finances that we need each and every day. We're talking about the time that we need. We're talking about the shelter, the health, the strength, the food, the clothing. This petition covers a lot of ground. Daily bread stands in for all of our bodily needs. It's also a very important petition. Think about the structure of the Lord's Prayer and you can understand how important this is. In the structure of the Lord's Prayer, this petition for our daily bread is the very first thing that we ask for ourselves. The very first thing that we ask for ourselves in the first three petitions, we ask that God's name would be hallowed, that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done. And then in the fourth petition, then we finally begin to ask the Lord for things for ourselves. And the very first thing that we ask for is our bodily needs. Give us our daily bread. And as we've seen, as we've gone through those first three petitions, When we pray for God's name to be hallowed, when we pray for God's kingdom to come, when we pray for God's will to be done, that has real life implications for us. 
that, that means something for us. We don't just pray that God's name would be hallowed and turn around and forget about it. No, we pray because that's what we earnestly desire and we follow that desire with our actions. We actually hallow the name of God. And we seek that God's kingdom would come in our lives and the lives of those around us. And we go out and we seek to do God's will. They're not just pie-in-the-sky ideas that we throw out there in prayer. No, they mean something for our lives. And so in this petition then, having prayed those three petitions, which covers so much ground, then we say to the Lord, and now, please, give me what I need to live in obedience, to live out those requests that I've just made of you. So living as a child of God, hallowing the name of God, seeking the kingdom of God, doing the will of God, it requires doing. It requires bodily effort. It requires strain and stress on your body. Now, we, we often think, don't we, in terms of, of physical jobs and non-physical jobs, as though in some jobs you use your body and in other jobs you don't use your body. But that's not true. I used to think like that. I probably still do. I used to do landscaping, use my body then. Now I sit in a chair a lot, don't use my body now. But is there really any job that we don't use our body for? If we're sitting in a chair or at a computer, are we not using our body, our mind? Are we not needing resources? Can anyone sit there all day, day after day and and not get nourishment? No. Every job's a physical job. Everything we do is physical. We do everything we do with our bodies. And so our bodies require nourishment. If we are to live lives of obedience before God, we need our daily bread. And we need much more besides just our food. We need these daily provisions for our lives. They are extremely important for us. And so this petition teaches us that we have bodily needs and that these needs are important. But this petition also teaches us that we don't need too much. We don't need too much. It says, give me my daily bread. Not my daily extravagant cake, right? Bread. Just what we need. What we need to go on, what we need for existence. Essentially what this petition is speaking about is rations. Give me my daily ration. Give me today what I need for the purpose, the task that you, O Lord, have given me for today. It implies giving, asking for what's necessary. Not too little, not too much. Proverbs 30. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me my daily bread. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians as well. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that at all times, in all things, you will have all you need. In everything, God will give you what you need. Not less and not more. So in this petition, the Lord Jesus teaches us to ask the Father for just that. What we need today, every day of our lives, from cradle to the grave, for Kaylee and Carrie, for the rest of their lives, for every day of our lives, 
Each and every day, O Lord, give us what we need. Isn't it amazing to think just of the amount of people here, from young to old, each and every day of our lives, God has given us what we needed. He has provided. He is the provider. That's our God. He gives us what we need. Now, perhaps you're feeling a little bit of cognitive dissonance right now. Your, your brain is going, wait a minute. God gives us what we need only each day. God gives us only bread. Given the time and the place in which we live, you can't get very far thinking about this petition before you ask the question, is Jesus really teaching us to pray for just our daily bread? All that we need for today? And if that's the case, then I can probably skip a few days, couldn't I? I've got all I need for today, and I've got all I need for tomorrow. I've probably got enough for the next week. If your pantry's particularly full, maybe you can go for a whole month. If you've got the freezer stocked, you're good for the next six months. Give me this day my daily bread. What have we been asking for this whole time that the Lord would give us enough food for half a year? What if I'm daily receiving more than my daily bread? What do I do with my extra? In order to answer that question, we have to ask the question, why does God give us these things? We ask God, give me today my daily bread, and God lavishes bodily needs upon us. Lavishes us with with finances and wealth and jobs and all the things that we need to gain it. So why does God give us these things? Well, first of all, of course, being in this petition, he gives it for us for our survival, for our bodily needs. But he also gives us for other reasons as well. It's clear from many passages that he gives us so that we can use what he gives us to give away in worship to him and in support of others. The primary way of worshiping God, in fact, with what he's given us is that we would redistribute our money to support the ministry of the church and to support brothers and sisters who are in need. And support individuals and organizations that are operating in God's kingdom in such a way that they depend on the charity, on the gifts that God has given to his children throughout the world. So God gives things to us for us. And he gives things to us for others. And he also gives us all that we need, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, for our enjoyment. For our enjoyment. But notice the context. Paul doesn't say that we have a divine right, therefore, to buy a ski boat. If we enjoy water skiing, well, that's what I enjoy. Therefore, that's why God gave me this money. No, but he's saying he is telling us something about money and wealth and finances and our daily bread that we, we are to enjoy it. They're gifts from him. Enjoy, enjoy it in the little that he gives you. Enjoy it in the abundance that he gives you. Enjoy it before him, out of thankfulness to him, because he's the one who gives all things to us. So that's why God gives us these things. Let's go back to that original question. 
why would God give us so much? And what are we to do with the excess? Let's suppose that we've got three pails sitting at the front of the church. You have to throw your excess into one of them. You've got one pail that is for our bodily needs. And one pail that's for giving away charitably. And one pail that's for our enjoyment. Where do you suppose the extra goes? I believe this petition directs us, teaches us, where we are to direct the bodily needs, the the provisions that God gives us, and the abundance of them. Because the Lord Jesus Christ didn't actually teach us to pray for my bodily provisions, or my daily bread, but rather he taught us to pray for our daily bread. So you're not just asking that God would give you what you need for today, but you are asking, along with the church, along with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, that God would give all of us what we need, our daily provisions. The Lord Jesus Christ, in the very wording of this petition, has shown us the priority for what the Father has given to us. And the priority for us is the bucket that's used for helping our brothers and sisters in the Lord being concerned with their bodily needs, whether near or far. There's lots of of extensions of who our brothers and sisters are and how we are to help them. But certainly that's covered when we pray, we ask God to give us this day our daily bread. And it's not only this fourth petition that leads us in that direction, but it's many other passages as well. You can think of James 2, for example, 15 through 16. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you warm, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? True Christian religion, true living out our faith in Jesus Christ, means supporting our brothers and sisters who are in need. And we've seen the same thing in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The reason why God makes us rich, yes, we're very rich. If you consider the standard of life that we have and hold today, compared to the standard around the world on this day, we're rich. And if you consider the standard of life that we have today, compared with the generations that have come before us throughout history, we're rich. No matter what way you slice it, we're rich. So, the reason that God gives us riches is so that we, the rich, might increase in the grace of giving and of doing good deeds. That's why God has given us abundance. That's what it's for. Now think about those pails at the front of the church where you were going to put your extra money. Is that where it's going? It's it's tax time coming up. Pretty soon it's going to be pretty clear to you as by the dollars and cents and by the figures and by the lines in your tax form where your money actually went. 
which pail would your accountant put you into? Which pail would your accountant say, that's what that person believes you should do with your excess? Where would the Canadian Revenue Agency put you? If we're all going into the wrong pail, then we need to consider what we imagine we're asking for in the fourth petition. When we ask God to provide us with our daily bread, what are we really asking for? And do we really mean it? If our money is going in the wrong direction. And that brings us then to the warning in this petition. We need to hear the warning. And the first one is just that. We need to be concerned about others. It's it's given in this petition. And so the warning is, live according to this petition. Or perhaps you could say the warning is, be careful what you ask for. Are you implicating yourselves by praying the Lord for our daily bread every day? The other warning is in checking our desires. And that is, are we really asking for our daily bread? Do we really want God just to give us our daily provision, not to make us rich and not to make us poor? Do we really mean that what the Lord gives, we will use to the best of our power to help our brothers and sisters in need? Are we really praying consistent with the words of of Agur, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread? Wisdom That's what the book of Proverbs gives us. Asks not for wealth and not for poverty, but what we need. The disciple of Jesus Christ, the disciple of wisdom, earnestly desires that God would give us only what we need. We don't seek more and we don't seek less. This petition calls us to check our desires. What do we seek? What do we want? This petition calls us to examine our lives and say, are we asking for one thing with our lips? And are we then there after that asking for something else with our hands, our feet and our hearts? We tell God, don't make me rich. But then we spend our entire lives in pursuit of that. Are we running after wealth? Are we storing up more than a lifetime's worth of bread for ourselves? If you pray these words in the morning, brothers and sisters, and then run around all day like a pagan, worrying about money in pursuit of of riches, then at a certain point, you really have to ask yourself, what am I praying? What am I praying? Do I really mean this? If work and wealth are causing me to default on the other priorities in my life, such as family and friends and church and the worship of God. The Lord intends that we would hear a strong warning because about this daily bread, there are lots of warnings in Scripture. It's the same warning that's given in this petition. Why is this so important? Why is it so important that we we don't run after wealth and that we are content with what the Lord gives us? Perhaps you hear this, this call about what to do with money 
and you connect it with need. You're sitting here today in, in Langley as a member of Langley Canadian Reformed Church, and, and you say, well, the church budget's okay, the budget meeting's coming up, things are okay, the deacons are provided for, there's no need, we're doing fine, and so I can keep the rest for myself. But that's not what's at heart with this warning. What's at heart is the worship. The worship that this petition calls us to. What we do with what God gives us, with our daily bread and everything else besides, is about worship. It's about who are we serving. What do you do with your money after you've earned it? And what do you do with your time and energy in order to gain your bodily needs is about worship. Who are you doing this for? If you're trusting in the created, if you're trusting in what has been provided, if you're trusted in trusting in what has been given, and you're not trusting in the creator, the provider, the giver, then you are falling into false worship. then you're not serving God. In fact, you're offending God with every hour that you spend in pursuit of things that bring him no honor and glory as you seek wealth for yourself. If you're not obeying God with the bodily needs and extras that he's giving given to you, then you're falling into false worship. You're not serving God. You're offending God with every dollar that you misuse and abuse in the service of another God. God's word calls greed idolatry. If you're greedy, you're serving a false God. That's why the warning is necessary. And that's why it needs to be strongly put. Because we live in a wealthy, materialistic society. And we're prone to run after false gods. We need to repent of our idolatry. There's one other warning that we need to hear as well. King Agur asks not for riches, but neither does he ask for poverty. In so many ways today, we are exceedingly rich. But in so many other ways, it's possible to become exceedingly poor very quickly in our day and age. We may have our daily bread and many other things besides that, but at the same time, it's possible to be living up to our ears in debt so that we have much more, say, than our brothers and sisters in some poor country in Africa, but at the same time, we're far more poor than they are because of the debt that we live in. And often the reason in our day and age that people go into debt is not because they can't afford to get by on what the Lord gives them, but it's because they're not content with their daily needs. And they feel that they need or they have entitlement to much more than what God has provided. In one case, we want more and we get it. And we fall into false worship. We become rich, inflated money hogs. In another case, we want more, and we get it, but we become indebted and bankrupt along the way. Poverty is not always the result of wanting too much. It's true. Poverty is not always the result of wanting too much. 
Very often, especially today, with the kinds of household debt and consumeristic poverty that we see in our culture, this is exactly what the problem is. You're praying to God, give us this day our daily bread, but your mind is on far more than just your bodily needs. If you're not content with the daily provision that God has given you, and the lifestyle that God has called you to within that provision, and instead are racking up consumer debt in pursuit of all sorts of, of frills and fancy things in this life, then you too are falling into false worship. You're not serving God. You're offending God with every debt, with every dollar of debt that you direct toward your selfish, materialistic pleasures in service of a false God. Every day that we pray this prayer, brothers and sisters, it's a reminder, it's a warning for us to humble ourselves before God and to worship him with everything that he gives us. To turn our our attention toward him and his priorities as laid out in those first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer. And then to say, oh Lord, give me what I need today in pursuit of your honor and glory in your kingdom, in your will, then, then we are on the right path as we consider our third point, the worship in this request. The worship in this request, in this petition, it has been, of course, the theme all along. It's the flip side of the warnings. If if to, to seek after the wrong things is false worship, then to pray this prayer from the heart sincerely is true worship. This purpose can never be far from our minds as we pray for our daily bread and and our needs. And this purpose needs to dwell in our hearts both as we receive and then as we use the provisions that God gives us every day. The goal of this petition, the, the desire of our hearts in asking God for our bodily needs is that we might worship Him. Honor your name. Bring your kingdom. Do your will. Now, as I give myself to your service, O God, give me the bodily provisions that I need. Fill my stomach for worshiping you as I work. Cover my family's head as I worship you in in loving them. Give me clothes so that I can love my neighbor without distraction. Provide me abundance so that I can attend to the needs of others around me to help them. We pray that God would give us our bodily needs in our worship of God. And we pray for our bodily needs as worship to God. In this petition, Our Lord Jesus teaches us to turn our attention toward the one true God and every day to acknowledge that he is God. He is the provider. He is the blesser. He is the one who gives us everything that we need. You, O Lord, are the provider and you will most certainly grant me your child what I need today. You most high are the blesser who because of Jesus Christ will certainly bless what you give me and not curse it. Thank you, graciously, gracious provider for all that you give for our bodily needs. 
And as you provide for our bodily needs, give your grace and Holy Spirit to guide our hearts in receiving, in using, and in thanking you for all of it. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.